Earlier, you heard the colic. O Lord, mercifully receive the prayers of your people who call upon you and grant that they may know and understand what things they ought to do and also may have grace and power to in, or in order to accomplish them. I think it's important for us to understand that many times we in fact offer our prayers to God and are looking for a response. Often we are not too patient for that response to occur. And that becomes difficult for most Christians. I wanted to begin by looking at what Paul was writing to the Romans. Because in fact, what he was saying to the Romans was really critical. And I think over time, I personally have misunderstood some of that passage. When he talks about life in the spirit, the spirit of Christ and Christ in us, almost interchangeably, he talks about the nature of God's spirit that empowers us. And the counterpart to the spirit, of course, is that of not spirit, but rather flesh. And I want to go on for a minute about the flesh because I think early on, at least in my childhood, most people seem to immediately associate the word in the context of flesh to something sinful which was also somehow sexual. And after reading this passage over and over again and trying to understand better what Paul was really talking about, the nature of the flesh is, in fact, the restrictions that one has as being human. We have a body, we have flesh, but it is contained and it is something that, in fact, each one of us individually have. And if, in fact, we believe in our flesh, if we believe that somehow we are empowered to be something special without a sense of spiritual awareness, we, do, we fool ourselves and actually, in fact, do not bring God's word to others. The flesh is, in fact, restrictive and it is restricted by death. Paul mentions that, in fact, it's through Jesus' resurrection that we are brought to a new sense of life, not the, <clears throat> the life of the flesh, which is death, but rather an awareness that, in fact, there is the potential for resurrection, even for ourselves, as we believe in God and as we find the Spirit of God moving us. I want to go back a bit to a story that I'll share with a few of you. <laughs> and many times it's difficult for me still to grasp the full ramifications of this. When I was in college, I was asked to join a fraternity. And when I first went to college and talked to many people who were involved in fraternities, I had no desire whatsoever to be in an organized group of people 
that in fact were set on certain principles, that in fact I might be brought to a sense of narrowness about my own abilities and skills. I met a person who I knew from the football team, Joe Carter, who asked me to consider joining Pi Lambda Phi. And I told him my story, that I wasn't interested, that fraternities to me were restricted. And I don't find it helpful for me to find more restrictions because for the first time in my life, I'm being exposed to other ideas and other thoughts. And why should I seek a group of people who would be restricting? He reminded me that this was the first fraternity in the nation that had an open charter that in fact its own charter did not allow for restriction, but rather to encase in, in and give us as people strength to become better citizens of our world. So I joined the fraternity and I told him that if in fact I found it was fruitless for me, I would leave without any kind of reservation whatsoever. Well, the fraternity was an open charter. Over the four years that I was in the fraternity, I met seven African, well, I'm sorry, six African-American gentlemen and one African-African. What I learned in the context of living with the individuals was, because I had come from a very narrow background in Western New York, obviously a very white community, a farming community, at the outset. And what I learned was that all seven were uniquely different. For the first time in my life, after hearing all of the stereotypic behaviors that I was supposed to attribute to blacks, I found that none of them applied. That in fact, their diversity was far more real to me than any kind of stereotypic behavior. It was really sort of scraping some crusted eyes and opening my vision to saying, wait a minute, why do people use stereotypes, particularly when it regard is regarding to blacks? Never could understand that afterward. One of my, my best friend, Bob Woodall, who is also African-American, oh, by the way, Joe Carter, who recruited me, was also an African-American. And I found that learning to understand and to trust and to risk being real with Bob was really frightening to me. That in fact, all of the stereotypes, all of the default behavior that I'd learned because of the culture I grew up in was in fact inhibiting my ability to hear and understand him more clearly. And yet we developed a relationship that was so rich and rewarding to me personally and I think also to him, because we in fact cared about one another beyond our color, beyond our separations. And this to me was a critical piece. The reason I'm sharing this story is Pi Lambda Phi was the first fraternity that did open up its charter. And recently I reviewed all of that when I found my college ring that I had damaged some time ago and I decided to go and have the stone replaced, which was broken and cracked. And I told them that I wanted my Greek letters put on the, 
on the ring. And he said, oh, what fraternity? And I said, Pi Lambda Phi. And the jeweler actually knew that this was, in fact, one of those fraternities with an open charter. So when I got the ring, all of a sudden, all the history, all of the background, all of the things that went on for me to learn about another human being in dignity and in truth, to trust and to share a relationship with, was really brought back to the fore. I've struggled over and over again with many people who seem to accept the stereotypes, who seem to accept the fact that somehow because we're of a different color, that there's a whole difference in our personality. And that's not true. And one of the things that Jesus is talking about for all of us, that if we settle with those particular points of view, those stereotypes, we in fact become people of flesh. We have no ability to see beyond our own ego, no ability to see beyond our own trust factors, no ability to open our eyes and see the people around us that are different as being insights into the way people can be. I found it interesting that I ended my work career at City College of San Francisco, the only place that I've ever worked where there, in fact, was no majority population. As a matter of fact, 14% of our population was Filipino and Asian. And it was interesting to me that I was, in fact, so refreshed to find the variety of cultures, the variety of points of view, and to be challenged daily to consider them not from the types that I had had in my mind and mental uh, limitations, but rather to see them as people, as struggling to find themselves in a world that many times put up barriers and walls that they couldn't deal with. And it hadn't been because of them, it had been because of stereotyping. It's interesting to me that we're at a critical time in our lives, that in fact, many of us need to understand that the sins of the flesh are our retreat away from people. God's spirit and God's power through Jesus Christ opens us up. And if we believe, in fact, in the spirit, we become lovers of others, open to who is really different. We even look at Jesus' ministry. Jesus ministered to all these people that many of his disciples would say, don't do that. Don't talk to the Samaritan woman. Don't go to the well where she is by herself. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And yet he did. Because it was an outreach to others to show empathy, compassion, and sympathy that he was showing us the spirit of God in all our undertakings. As we limit ourselves to the spirit of flesh, so we live in death. But as we open ourselves to the spirit of God and the spirit of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we in fact find life abundant. When we talk about the seeds and the garden, we talk about growth. Hopefully, all of us can open our minds and hearts to the good soil, to be nurtured, 
to grow, to expand, and to share our lives with others from the point of view of hopefulness and helpfulness. I know these times are very difficult and very hard for many of us to quite understand. And yet I do know that it's only in attempting to be with others and to understand who they are, not what we perceive them to be, is important. It's funny to me that language today, I remember the words political correctness. And interestingly enough, when I was going through college, it was that time when in fact we were hopeful of changing attitudes. So those words and those phrases from quote political correctness were meant to open dialogue, not to shut it down, to open our hearts and minds to others that were different from us. So all of a sudden political correctness became a word that was seen as negative as opposed to the, the potential and the positive start with which we had all gained. I found over the years, 50 years of ministry, that it's a, always a struggle to open our hearts and minds to the spirit of God's love, God's will, and God's presence in our hearts and minds. It's really critical now today that we get away from pejorative language of demeaning and separating and hurting one another to a language of love, a language of openness, a language of trust, and moreover, the hope of the resurrection of our Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.